0: Hello and welcome to the Crystal Palace Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow and Nick Gillard and D.R. Kurnaz. We have got quite a show lined up for you. We've got a result to look back on, we've got a result to look forward to and the small matter of Brexit in between. We'll be covering all of that but first of all, gents, not the result that the club were looking for against Brighton. No, it was...
3: And oh, I don't know how to describe the weekend. It was just it was um, disappointing in the manner that we lost. Um, it's not the fact that Brighton actually beat us; it's the manner in which they did. In the two games that we faced them, we've just I can admit that they deserved to win. We got outmanaged by Brighton. Uh, I know we'll talk about Roy Hodgson later on in the show, but yeah, it was it was a frustrating, frustrating result. Is there a question of desire there,
0: Nick? I mean, last week we were talking to Kerry Mayo, who played over 400 times for Brighton. He was saying that nowadays quite a lot of the players don't understand how much this fixture means to the fans. Did you feel that there could have been a little more battle shown by some of the Palace boys?
4: Definitely, definitely. But one point I want to make... You've come in hard on us, yeah. We've all had we've both had a hard day. Is, oh, how you been since the last time I saw you? What's been happening in your lives? No, straight in with the defeat against our rivals. You are harsh, Johnny. You are very, very, very harsh. I'm sorry, it's the job. I could have come in on I could have come in on Brexit and
0: then we'd all have oh, been weeping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think that Palace were all that bad. I thought Tompkins was at fault for the first goal. The second goal, Van Arnholt can do better in terms of closing knockout down but you can't really legislate for a strike
3: of that quality. I think if you look at the stats, yes, it doesn't look like we we were playing that bad. We had the majority of the possession. It seems like we are in control of the game. But if you actually look at the game, we had possession, but it was not meaningful possession. Possession. We didn't really create as much as we should have with the amount of time we had on the ball. And that's why it's really disappointing. It's just the fact that Brighton sat back and we simply couldn't break them down. That's what's annoying.
4: Which is exactly what I said last week on the show about what do we do against teams that sit back, and that's why we're having the problem at home, is because we're we play like an away team. We we should have the guile in midfield to to break down those 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 kind of city backy teams, for want of a better phrase. Um, and Tompkins, the first goal. Tomkins is a. You know, he he can do no wrong in my eyes, and lots and lots of Palace's fans' eyes. So we're gonna, I'm gonna let him off that. But it was blooming awful. It was terrible. You can't blame the wind. We're not Klopp. (laughs) (laughs) In in terms of
0: lacking that guile in midfield, was it a problem with selection? I mean, we saw Macarthur come back into the team. Coyote was dropped. But where is that guile going to come from?
3: Is it there a player? Is it a case of the club needing to bring new personnel in? No, nope. uh, I said it last week as well. I think we've got that personnel in Max Meyer, so it's more like the Roy has to bring him in to the starting lineup, especially at home games because we've struggled so much, and it's not it's not down to luck. You know, you can say, "Oh, we've been unlucky at times," but this home record in 15 games, getting only three wins, and I think scoring 11 goals. It's just down to tactics, and you can see it by the way that we play. But yeah, I was surprised if you are not going to bring on, uh, if you are not going to play Max Meyer, at least put on Kiate in place. I know Keate on paper he doesn't seem like a person who has a creativity, but he's a brilliant box to box player, and maybe he would have done a decent job against Brighton. Just giving them
0: something to think about in midfield, as much as anything else, putting him, putting himself about getting at them and sort of just unsettling that Brighton game plan.
4: Yeah. Yeah, but look, I don't know. I thought the starting line-up was going to be all right. What I will say is I'll be, um, PVA, he's he's got to spend some time on the bench because he's he's just not performing for, for weeks and he, I know it was a brilliant goal. I know it, it came straight out of the, the Townsend, cut in, dribble across the edge of the box a bit before banging it in. I mean, Townsend tries that 35 times a season and maybe one or two go in. I don't know if Knockhart does that. But, but you've got added on should that should the winning goal scorer have been on the pitch?
0: Well, with that in mind, PVA coming unstuck against a man who could arguably have been dismissed very early in the game. What was your perception of that,
3: um, from where I was sitting, it looked like a really bad challenge. And after looking it, looking at it back from the replays, it looks even worse. Um, I'm surprised that the referee didn't send them off. And it's been a frustrating season with referees. Um, there's been so much inconsistency. You saw that against the Watford and Man City game as well. Um, and I think it was mainly if it was for uh, later on in the game. I genuinely believe that there's a possibility that Knockout will be sent sent off. I think it's due to the fact that it was around twenty to thirty seconds after kickoff,
0: and the ref doesn't want to yeah totally destabilize the entire game.
3: Yeah, but that's the, if you if you're going to be a top quality referee, you need to. It doesn't matter. What if it's the first second or the 92nd minute? It doesn't matter. You need to give a red card to a red card defence. It just should be like that. But unfortunately, it's not like that. And that's why it's frustrating. We, we're we playing in the best league in the world where the one of the referee qualities don't match up to it. So it's,
4: yeah. Have you seen who's going to be looking at VAR next season? Who's going to be in the box? I can't remember. Not next season, next game.
0: I heard it no. was going to be Theresa May, wasn't it? <laughs> oh. <laughs>
4: you will be in the dispatch box. Well, yeah. hopefully, <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully not. Yeah. Um There's a couple of names that that I saw. I can't remember. I'll, I'll have a look uh during one of the breaks to see who they are. But they're just inept referees as well, and it's all going to be so closed off with with the VAR. We had the 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 Grimsby game where the player was sent off very early for it was a similar ish tackle. Um, I, think I think it was a bit. It was a
3: bit worse. I think. Because he actually got Townsend's leg in a Green yeah. game, that defender. That's where he got sent off. But still, knockout studs, you know, full-on studs um, towards Luca. So that's and still a red card.
4: You could tell it was bad by the way Luca went down. You can tell when a player's putting it on, can't you, normally? Especially if they do 15 rolls. Luca just kind of slumped, didn't he? He was st- straight down and, and took a bit. I was worried that it was going to come off. Because is not at full strength, is he? Yeah, I'd, well, I'm not really too sure if he's. A, he had that injury, of course,
3: but before the injury, he was playing brilliantly as a box to box player, so I'm not too sure. But yeah, at Luca, he'd done brilliantly to stay on the pitch, because I, even after that tackle, two, three challenges immediately, and still nothing was really done to it. And the most surprising thing is the fact that Craig Paulson is the VAR ref for our next game against Watford. And he just, you know, he was in charge against Brighton, and he didn't really have a great performance, so I don't know how these referees. You know how it works. Well, he did give that man Milivojevic a penalty. We'll be getting into that in
0: just a moment. Before that, a quick Brexit update for you. We're seeing various Tory MPs come through pledging their support for Theresa May on Twitter. Uh, David Davis MP, a big one there, former Brexit secretary, is backing the Prime Minister. Will it be enough? I suspect not. The MPs are currently (laughs) voting on Theresa May's deal. We will have the result at about quarter past seven and Love Sports Chief Political correspondent Patrick Christie's will be in the studio.
1: This is
0: Love Sport. A lot has been made of the refereeing performance in the game between Crystal Palace and Brighton at the weekend. Not every decision went Palace's way, it has to be said. One that did was the penalty that was given for Milivojevic. He tucked it away with aplomb, as he always does, despite having potentially been hurt earlier in the game, as we were just discussing. With that in mind, we're talking about guile, creativity, success, if
3: you like, from midfield. How important is the Serbian for Palace? He's very important. Um, start of the season, he didn't really have a great start. Um, I think it was mainly due to the World Cup, and he had issues off the pitch, which I think impacted his play. But as the season went on, he just returned back to his old self. And he's the vital part. He's one of the first names in the team sheet every week after probably after Wilf and yeah. other players He just he's the heart of the team. He's a captain. And against Brighton, no one really had a brilliant game, but he was one of the better ones out of the out
4: of the game. Yeah. Again, people bemoan the loss of Mile jedinak but I I think he's definitely a step up from Miley and I'd I'd have Miley back in the team. Yeah, I think he's a a st- jiffy. Yeah, I think he's a step step up. Due to his actual football
3: football t- like um abilities. Yeah. Because Miley he had that he, had, passion. Yeah, passion. A league, he yeah. had a passion heart, but when he actually came to football, I don't think he was as technically gifted as Luka is. Here's which- one then,
0: but Mila Yedinac was taking some pens, has a very good penalty record at both domestic and international level. Mm. Milovojevic takes them now, he keeps tucking them away. Yeah. Were Yedinac to come back into the side, who takes the spot
3: kicks?
4: Not Ben Teke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Not Ben Teke. I don't, I honestly don't, I don't mind both of them taking it to be fair, but yeah. Um, yeah, he's, I'll, I'll he's, go, I'll go Luca. I think Luca, yeah, yeah, Luca's, Luca's, you know, he's
4: had some good penalties. Melee's passed it. Um, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know what happened with Melee. There were some rumours of falling out with with, um, Pardue, yeah, who uh, didn't fall out, because <laughs> Pard- you know, Friedman. Uh, said to us on an... In- we, we managed to get a, an exclusive interview with Freeman um, just before he took the Palace job uh, sporting director. Not over there. I'm pointing. <laughs> I am pointing. Um, weird you say that, Nick, because he's actually walking through the yeah. door. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was saying that he tried to build a team of leaders, so everybody was a leader. So the players he brought in, like Yedinak, and we had Delaney. Who else did uh, Freeman bring in during, during that spell that um, Holloway nearly ruined by only just about scraping us up anyway but yeah. yeah so Pardew we lost a lot of the leader players and the ones that had the personality around the dressing room um, I think Luca can bring that up as well as um, Sacco's another personality, Bo- well both Sacos would, would engender that team spirit which yeah. is weird because he wasn't there on, on Saturday
3: Yeah,
0: because What's we
4: weren't up for a game against our bitter rivals
0: well the other thing that wasn't there on Saturday was incisiveness. One criticism that we've seen particularly of Maurizio Sarri's Chelsea is that they keep the ball very well but they don't do a lot with it and that seemed to be the case for Palace
3: at the weekend. Yeah, we didn't do and that's why I'm that's why I want Max Meyer to come into the starting lineup at least at home games because he's the one player when you look at our bench he's, you know he has a creativity he's he has good footwork and I'm not I feel like some Palace fans do overrate Max Meyer. They do think he's some kind of Iniesta. I don't personally think he's, you know, he has the pass. Yeah, he has all the passing techniques.
4: We thought Johnny Williams was Iniesta. come on. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
3: That's what I'm saying. I feel like certain Palace fans do overrate Max Meyer. I, I do think he's a solid player, and due to his footwork and just his IQ, footballing IQ, I feel like he'll be a good fit for us. Because on on Saturday we just had the ball, but. We just kept lumping it over the top because no one would come and collect it and brighton just done a brilliant job so
0: yeah a quick brexit update for you gentlemen we're hearing that one tory mp who was in cliched style voting in black tie remarked with a wry smile this is what they were wearing on the titanic could that set the tone for the evening we should have an official result in the next 10 minutes and we're hearing from love sports sources that May has lost massively. Of course, the last time round, we saw a vote on May's deal. She lost by 230 votes. That was a record. Rumours earlier in the afternoon suggested it would be around the 150 vote mark. Interesting to see whether it's above or below that. And we will have the latest updates for you as they come in. From one confusing situation to another. With Max Meyer and the extent to which he's rated or not rated by Palace fans... Do you think this is a question of reputation? I mean, we touched last week on the fact that this is a man who, since the age of 16, 17, has been rated as this great footballing hope, not just domestically, but for Palace, for for Germany as well. Not just domestically, but for Palace. With that in mind, do you think certain fans are just getting taken in by that hype from all those years ago?
3: Yeah, uh, to a certain extent, because the way that some fans talk about him, it feels like... He is just one of one of the best midfielders in the world. It's I don't think Max Meyer is that that good, but he is a good player. And he has shown that when he has played for Palace coming off the bench or whether he started at um started the few couple of games, he's had that good link up play with uh Wilf, so he brings the best out of Wilf. Me personally, that's what I think. So yeah, I think um, that plays a part. Coming from Germany, you know, a f- foreign player, and he's still fairly young, and he had this all um, high, you know, high hopes of him being one of the best players, you know, in the future. So I think that plays a part towards Palace fans thinking of him as well. But yeah, I'm not too sure. What do you think, Nick?
4: We've only just—I've only seen him start once, and he was pony. <laughs> That's the problem.
3: No, he start, Yeah, it feels like that, but I think he's starting more than once. Yeah. yeah I'd, I'd imagine he's
4: starting on Saturday. I'd, I'd like to see him start on no, Yeah, I, I have zero
3: hope. The way it's gone on this season, we've had worse periods and Roy still hasn't really gave him a good run. I, I doubt he starts. If everyone's fit, Roy just... I don't know what... It, I think what we talked about, it's mainly due to trust. That's the only reason, really, because when he has come on the pitch and he's done a decent job, so... I don't know
0: It's a funny one So you think that Roy should perhaps persevere with Meyer rather than looking outside the club I mean we're hearing from you that Meyer's the solution but also that he perhaps
3: isn't trusted by the fans or the manager
0: With that in mind how much time do you give him?
4: No, I think he is trusted by the fans, but it's just not trusted by the manager. I think that's really it. See, I I disagree. I I think Roy does trust him. That's why he's chucking him on. I think he should chuck him on earlier. But he definitely makes a difference. He makes an impact. And okay, you've got Cuarte on the bench. who can add to add to the team as well. But I think Mayer is the one that has the most impact. But how much
3: how much does he trust him? That's another question. Because you're saying that you trust him, but if he trusted him more uh, on the same level as James McCarth and Geoffrey Slup, where earlier on in the season where both of them were struggling and still playing, then I think Max Meyer will start ahead of them. But it's clear that Roy doesn't trust him as much as uh, he does with other midfielders like them to.
4: Or does he feel he's not suited to the way that he wants to play as much? Um, because if he is, um, then we've either got to switch the way we play to make Mayer the focus and have Wilf on the periphery or the other winger on the periphery or carry on going as we are. What we've seen is when Meyer's playing on the same side as Wilf, they do have quite yeah, a good connection. It
3: works. I don't think you have to really change anything. You just have to put Max Meyer in the lineup and just let him and Wilf do what they do best. Because it has worked. It's not like we're thinking about it and saying, oh, it may work. It has worked. We have seen it at games. Max Meyer coming onto the field and just having an impact straight away. There's of course been some games where he hasn't performed, but that's like with every other Palace player. There's been games that Wilf hasn't performed. It's a difficult question for Hodgson
0: to answer. I've just seen a photograph of the no-vote lobby coming in from the Commons. It is absolutely packed. I think that suggests this isn't going to go all that way for Theresa May. Coming up, we should have the result for you imminently.
1: This is Love Sport.
0: You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio, but for once on such an Eagles-focused show, we're turning our attention firmly to the Commons. We're hearing that Theresa May has just walked into the Commons with what looks like a typed up speech with her. What could that mean? I'm delighted to say we're joined in the studio by Patrick Christie's, Love Sport Radio's chief political correspondent. Patrick, we've already heard that the DUP are rejecting this deal, ERG, urging their members not to back it. With that in mind, are we going to see another crushing defeat for yeah, Theresa May. Yeah, so the May.
5: last time she tried to put a Brexit deal to Parliament, she lost by a record-breaking 230 votes. I don't think it's going to be quite this much, but it's not far off. We're hearing at the minute that the numbers aren't quite in yet, but basically the Chamber was full with no votes, unless they have just come in, Johnny? N- The
0: latest news is that it's apparently dreadful. Significant numbers. Well, this numbers.
5: is it. So this is what we're getting at the minute, which is significant numbers lost. She is in Commons at the minute with a speech prepared. What? What happens if she's defeated even more than she was last time? I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, you could argue it could lead to a resignation, a general election, or a second referendum.
0: We've got the numbers through. So voting on May it did happen. amendment. There you go. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes is 242. Oh, it didn't happen. No, Sorry. is 391. That's a majority of 149. Obviously, 150 was the number we were seeing touted this afternoon as the figure. She's not done a Usain Bolt and broken her own record. (laughs) But this is still a really bad evening for Theresa May. The
5: question is, what happens now? Does she go general election? I'm not sure what that means at the minute because Labour haven't got a policy. They're going to have to try and figure that out. The Tories, they're not going to go and campaign for her, are they? Because they disagree with her. So what would a general election solve? Second referendum could solve things for her if she does a choice between her deal And no deal, because that would force Brexiteers to back her deal. Very dangerous times at the minute, politically. Uh, Either way, her credibility is shot.
0: Looking beyond Theresa May and thinking about the nation more broadly for a moment, where does that leave us? Theresa May is in trouble, but people will be looking at this result and going, well, the the deal's been voted down. Does that mean that we're closer to a no-deal Brexit or are we, in fact, closer to no Brexit at all? Well,
5: tomorrow, Parliament votes on whether or not to take no deal off the table, right? But that has got to be ratified by the EU, so still a bit up in the air. No matter which way you look at it, at the minute, most people are going to look at this and go, our vote has not been respected, and that is an issue. It's a massive issue for Theresa May. You can't get around that.
4: Younger last night said and i paraphrase that this is your last chance yeah you can't come back to us
0: no did he mean third it chances he did said.
4: he mean it or yes he, I, or do you I, think...
5: I think he probably did i think we're in a situation now where we either pretty much do no deal or remain those are our two options a little bit like politics in britain anyway it's now at the absolute extremes of both of those things
4: so so what if there was a general election i know uh keir starmer and. Uh, Corbyn have said that, you know, Labour have been talking to the EU, they agree on a lot of things. Could it be there be a general right. election, a Labour... One,
5: one thing, very quickly, that's a lie purely because Jeremy Corbyn is one of the most strong Brexiteers in Parliament. But... He's voted, he, he, but he's changed. This he's is now He's now decided that he wants to back a second referendum. So... I would take it with a pinch of salt when Jeremy Corbyn says, oh, you know, we're now in agreement with the EU. You haven't been for the last 38 years. But this is the thing with Corbyn, right? We
0: know that he personally is actually... Not he's a Brexiter. Yeah, he's a big Eurosceptic. Yeah. But well,
4: when when he was asked that this afternoon, he his his words. I can't remember who it was. It was a Tory MP. He piece. basically Stafford said, Morgan, "I'm very it, disappointed
5: yeah,
0: in oh you." Dear. But, uh, yeah, but, oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. But this is the point. Actually, for the first time since this whole sorry mess started, Jeremy Corbyn has stopped just promoting his own view, and I think mm. he's probably recognised that politically, the sensible thing yeah. for him now is to take a different tact.
5: Yeah. Exactly. So basically, this margin of 149 it leaves us. In in limbo because she either now carries on and has another crack and goes okay right we'll try and have a third go at this which i don't think is going to work personally she either goes general election or second referendum if this had been 230 250 she would have had to resign if this had been 50 she could have had another crack we are now in limbo but Patrick, how have we, I take your point, absolutely,
0: but how have we got to a point as a nation where 230 was the record for a crushing defeat, so we're now looking at this for a Prime Minister and going, well, 149, that's not too bad. I mean, she's in
5: an incredibly weak position. I think we're looking at the death of traditional British politics as we know it. Right, because people now don't like two of the parties that are the main parties. They don't like either of their leaders. We're in we're in massive trouble.
4: She did say she's a fan of Geoffrey Boycott, and he's quite good at getting numbers like that, isn't he? It's <laughs> also 4, miserable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, looking
0: looking at the potential for a third deal, the first vote, which was crushing. That deal then fell down largely over the backstop, which is something that anyone who wants a hard Brexit is never going to agree to. Anyone who's perhaps more on the Remain side recognises is the necessity for a sensible Brexit to keep a stable Ireland. With that in mind, this deal sort of got closer to minimising the influence of the backstop, didn't do enough for the likes of the ERG. It seems to me that the backstop is just the unsolvable problem of these negotiations. And would even a third deal be
5: able to rectify that
0: situation? Probably not, because
5: we're dealing with uncharted waters here. What would normally happen is we have got two years from the moment we leave, assuming we leave on March 29th, to negotiate a workable trade deal with the European Union that means that there wouldn't be no hard border in Northern Ireland. However, it's not in the EU's interest to give us any kind of deal. And obviously we're at their mercy when it comes to that. So just the simple rhetoric of we will do our best to make sure you have a deal two years from March 29th isn't good enough and isn't going to work. So the reality is that we probably would end up with a hard border. That's just the fact. In terms of the very latest coming out of the House of Commons, Theresa May has just
0: said that she will personally vote against a no-deal Brexit. She says she's conscious of the potential damage, those are her words, that leaving the EU without a deal would do. With that in mind, where her deal has failed, no deal is now very much on the table, could be very much off the table by this time tomorrow, Mm. do you think that a no-deal Brexit would be a genuine
5: disaster for the nation? I personally do not I think it would be a very tricky period, but after which we would sort ourselves out because we do have a ready made economy in the shape of the Commonwealth that's there. We do have, in my opinion, the ability as a nation we've got some of the brightest people. There's some in the studio as we speak. But they're not in parliament. Some of the brightest <laughs> people They're all in this room. Get yeah, us in yeah, there. Exactly. That. <laughs> To go out and forge Britain's way in the world, Britain does not need to fear not being shackled to the EU in the same way that like Luxembourg does or but people like I, that. I so, take your point absolutely, but, but, it is but does difficult. Britain
0: need to fear problems with trade, problems with free movement, problems with
5: even the NHS? The question is, if 52% of people have voted to leave, right, and it was as black and white as that, do you therefore not leave because no deal is not a great option? Or do you actually leave anyway with some form of deal or a no deal? Because at the end of the day, 52% did not vote remain, did they? And no, that's the issue. And it was over a million and I more think the people. people I, and I do think the people in Westminster don't quite understand that, especially northerners, dare I say it, no matter which way you dress this up, people will look at this as that their vote has not been respected. And that could have massively damaging consequences for years to come.
4: You, but you've also got some of the 48% who will say, well, actually. There was collusion, there were lies from there both sides. Potential for illegality. Po- potential yeah. illegality. You're right. The parliament being sovereign, their job is to do the best for the nation. You they are, are not right. delegates.
5: You are right. All I am saying is the cold hard reality of it is this is how it will look to this yes. vacu- yeah, I, 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 I completely and if, agree. And if that means that they will never vote again. For a lot of people, the only time in their life they have ever voted wrongly, but the only time they have ever voted was in this referendum and now, if, the, uh, if, uh, the, the class council and if, as well and, Yeah, and so if the result killer. isn't respected they will never vote again, their kids will never vote again those kids will probably never vote again as well and it, it just becomes a, a situation that's quite bad for democracy but
4: on the other side you'll have people who never voted before and will continue to vote because they see it as a democratic way to to get their will.
0: Important to stress that people can vote, people cannot vote. That is, of course, entirely their decision, beyond just the support for democracy. If this initial result of Leave isn't upheld, that could just, in pragmatic present terms, be catastrophic. We could see riots, we could see protests. The people of Britain are not going to be happy with it.
5: Yeah, so I spoke to people that were involved in the Gilets Jaunes, riots in France, they're campaigning against various issues in France, they cannot and they kind of laugh about it, they can't understand how British people are on the streets, because it's not really in our nature, it's not really in our nature to go and protest or certainly be violent about it I obviously would massively condemn any kind of violent interaction But you wouldn't, you haven't already ordered your Uh, high-vis. Well I've always had one in the the attic You've got a pink one haven't you Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you know me mate you know me. I think there is an issue of civil unrest, there is an issue that people will feel that politicians have stifled their rights democracy. Absolutely. And we, we, we can't get around that for right or wrong. That is how some people will feel.
4: And the other side is you'll still have people who say, well, these politicians have ignored all the illegality. Yeah. If, and only, yeah, if course, only we had a time machine. Course, and
5: with,
0: with that, we will always have Remain voters, myself included, recapitulating Nigel Farage's line before the referendum that if this is something close like 48-52, it will be unfinished business somewhere we need an answer. Patrick, just... just... Just before you leave us, Theresa May certainly hasn't sprung into action in terms of calling a general election. It's not looking overly likely, but if that were to happen, could that solve
5: the problem? No, not a general election, because at a general election, a prime minister needs her MPs to campaign for her. Now, what we've just seen from this vote tonight is that a lot of them are in open revolt. So that would not happen. Labour also would need a clear Brexit policy to stand on at a general election. Their policy is we hope to negotiate a better deal. It isn't anything crystallised, so I don't see how a general election solves anything
0: wonderful well that was the voice of patrick christies we can we'll, we'll carry on touching on it through the show nick well if you don't on.
4: say from the Palace of Westminster to Crystal Palace, you need firing. That's what, That's what I was going So, say. so we, I, I, I would just like
0: to put on record, because I suspect my boss is listening, we've gone from the Palace of Westminster to Crystal Palace. We're back, we're back. Thank you, Nick, for saving my job. We are back with the Eagles. That was Patrick Christie's L- Love Sports Chief Political Correspondent. We will still be bringing you the breaking news from the House of Commons. But before that, Andy Gray, former Palace striker.
1: This is Love
3: Sport. You are listening to
0: the Crystal Palace fan show rather than the Brexit fan show here on Love Sport Radio. I can confirm that the chanting you heard there in your short ad break was from the Valley rather than the Houses of Parliament. Uh, The latest from that, just quickly, we're hearing that May faces an unenviable choice. If she chooses to extend Article 50, the EU will, of course, want to know what they're supposed to do with that extension. Jeremy Corbyn has, has his say. He said what I think we all expected... It's time for a general election.
4: Just to wrap up on that, before we go back to Palace, what I'd love May to do is call in a general election, say we're taking part in European elections, have another referendum, have another Scottish independence referendum, (laughs) and have a Welsh independence referendum, all on the same day, and then we can get it over and done with by the summer holidays.
0: And sign an attacking midfielder for Palace. (laughs) She is Wonder Woman. (laughs) Back to the Eagles, of course. Van Arnholt. We touched on him that he perhaps hasn't been performing at his highest level recently. He's often thought of as a fullback, or rather a wing-back who's better in the attacking side of his role than the defensive. Do you think when he's got his back to the wall, he can be
3: something of a liability? Well, earlier on in the season, he wasn't playing as badly as he's playing right now. I don't know if it's, if it's just a dip in form. I'm not too sure what it, what it is. Um, it could be potentially that there's not enough competition. Um, because when you look at left-back positions, you've got Papa Soare, who's in, out injured. You've got Jeffrey Slup, who used to be a left-back, but now Roy doesn't see him as a left-back. And apart from that, there's no one else. So it's just Patrick van Aanholt and the left-back position to itself. So I think that could play a part. But it is slightly getting concerning now, um, how he's playing. Because he's defending for that second goal. against. Even I know that knock has that left foot he's just left foot just like Andros Townsend so the way that he just beat Patrick Van Aanholt like he wasn't there was just shocking because that's what he does he's going to cut into the left hand side just like Andros Townsend does and it it requires a bit of scouting if I know then how how do you know it's just simple the fact that I think he did know about um, knockouts left foot and he just simply couldn't defend him and that's just worrying because Patrick Van Aanholt has really, over the last
4: couple of weeks, has gone downhill. It's been longer than that. I don't... I it's don't been know. longer than that. It's been masked by the goals in the same way that, I suppose, Schlupp has been masked by his crosses and goals with with, with what he's doing in between. That, that said, you, you mentioned Schlupp being a, a left-back. I'd start him there. No, I, you... What? No, I'll I I I tell, tell you why. Because I think PVA thinks he's got that position. Yeah, but... Um, and he's been been... He didn't. He have a row on pitch. Well, not 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 a big falling out, but didn't he have a row with um, Mamadou over P- something?
3: PVA has rows with so many players. He's had row with Luca as well. I remember that. He's had a row with Will. It's it's I don't. It's just who PVA is. It's just on the pitch you get heated up. But you say that um, put Jeffrey Slup at left back, but we done that against United for a couple of minutes. <laughs> when P. V. got subbed off and put Jefferson Club at left back, and look what happened.
0: He the hadn't first...
4: jogged into position there. Yeah, oh, no. sorry, Johnny's here. Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> been carried
3: away.
0: In case you're just joining us, we are, of course, debating, the big debate this evening, really, is Patrick van Arnholt's merit as a left-sided defender. The second secondary debate is the one that took place in the House of Commons about our future as a nation with Brexit. The results, in terms of the votes for Theresa May's amended Brexit deal, 242 supported that deal, 391 voted. Against it, That's a majority of 149 for the nay. She's under serious pressure. Vince Cable, Lib Dem leader, has just come out and said that he can't identify a case since the American War of Independence when a Prime Minister has been twice defeated and continued with the same policy. Like <laughs> Monty Python character. It's only a scratch. It's only a scratch. She's carrying on. She's lost an arm, but on we go. Talking of people trying the same thing repeatedly without it quite working even if van Arnholt didn't know <laughs> okay. about knockarts left foot the fundamental basics of playing as a fullback is in that situation you show the winger the line
3: why has he not at least attempted that I, that's I'd, i honestly don't know why he hasn't he should that's why it's getting concerning now at first he was just like all right he's not playing that good but now it, as the weeks go on he gets it get his performance to get worse and worse and worse and i i don't like picking individual players like and just criticizing them all out but there's there's nothing i can it, he has been playing blow par for so long and we haven't got any competition
0: well this is what you say dia there is no competition so with that in mind what's the solution until the likes of soiree are back from injury is it just a case of having to persevere with Van Arnholt do you try a centre
3: back playing on that left wing back role that would be dangerous wouldn't it well we've got two other options um, but I don't see Roy using them one is playing Joel Ward as a left back Um, I think it was under Pardew that Joel Ward played left back and Martin Martin Kelly played right back so that's an option uh, another option is, I don't think many pla- uh, many Palace fans know about this, is the fact that Jairo Riedewald, I think, don't don't quote me on this, but I think played left-back earlier on in his career at
0: Ajax. Yeah, so the situation with Riedewald is he's a classic Ajax player. Came through that academy and with that Johan Cruyff legacy of total football, he's very good with both feet. He's very assured playing across the park. He's played left-back. Back, but my only concern there would be Palace's system asks quite a lot of its fullbacks yeah. in terms of getting forward. Yeah, with someone who's naturally a centre half to ask them not just to defend the left but attack up that side as well, particularly for someone like Riederwald who's not getting all that much football.
3: That might be a big ask. Yeah, that's the only downside. I don't. I can't even imagine readerworld attacking through that left hand side. That's just scary to think <laughs> about. <laughs> like I, yeah. So that's the only concern. But if I don't know if worse comes to worse. That's still an option. I'm just putting that out there as an option, not that is something that I would want.
0: But Well, let's touch on Ruidoval because he was someone who came to the club with a massive reputation, similarly to Max Meyer. He's someone who, as a kid, was really highly rated, the sort of Mattis Delict even of his time. Why hasn't it worked out? Was it just that ill-fated
3: De Boer spell as boss? Well, the De Boer spell, I, fe- I feel like if De Boer was... At a club uh, for a longer period of time, we'd have seen more of Jairo Reid. What I feel like he's a De Bruyne type of player, as you said. he's Would, you, would you have carried on going? What I wouldn't have seen. It. I'd have stopped going if i had to but yeah, more but Debril, uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah we've <laughs> only seen how many games did, was the burn charge. So four, four at home I
4: think it was yeah, yeah something like it's that he's yeah. doing well in America isn't he <laughs> yeah he's doing well he's doing exactly exactly, <laughs> exactly the same the as the same thing
0: as pilots, yeah so, sounds like Theresa May trying to what we're conceding <laughs> goals no just yeah, play the yeah, same play team the it'll same. change
3: yeah um, I don't know I feel like um, under Roy Roy just Roy and, and the coaching staff I don't think they like his attitude. I, th- I think there was something out there earlier on in the season, something something about Jairo Rueda's really attitude. And and I think that's pretty much it. He's just re- written off uh, their books. And I was, just, I was surprised that he stayed at the club. I thought he would have, been sold or on loan in January, but he managed to stay, so I don't know what's going on.
0: Only 12 appearances in the Premier League, but perhaps he is in Roy Hodgson's plans. If you've just joined us, big, big news, of course, from the Houses of Parliament. The MPs have been voting on Theresa May's latest Brexit deal. 242 voted in favour, 391 voted against that to majority of 149 that was about the figure mooted not least because the DUP opposed it the ERG prompted their supporters to oppose it and now we don't really know what's going to happen that's the latest news Labour's Yvette Cooper has come out and said listen Businesses and families need urgent clarification about our future. Tellingly, Jeremy Corbyn has made no mention of another referendum. So this one is going to run and run, just like the Palace Fan Show.
1: This is Love
0: Sport. Welcome back to the Crystal Palace of Westminster. Oh no, hang on. Brexit (laughs) on the mind. I do apologise. Nick Gillard continuing to save my job with a sequence of politics-based puns. The latest news we're getting in is... Just three Labour MPs voted for the deal. Kevin Barron, sorry, who is the MP for Rother Valley. Carolyn Flint, who is for Don Valley. And John Mann, the MP for Bassett Law. Meanwhile, 75 Conservative MPs rebelled. I won't read you out all of their names or we'd be here
4: quite a while. I'll ask you about Tig during the next break. Who did they (laughs) vote for?
0: Please do. But we could analyse
4: each of the MPs'
0: performance individually. But instead, we're going to analyse each Palace players performance it's time for player discussions that time in the show where we discuss the winners and losers from
3: the Brighton game DR where would you like to kick us off I'll start on a positive end um I think there isn't I wouldn't say there wasn't an, there's an outright winner um I don't think any player played that good um but if you look at it if I had to pick one person I would say it has to be Zaha I don't I don't think him he had a brilliant game, um, especially in the first half. He was just uh, losing the ball a bit too much and mm. it really wasn't clicking. But if you look at it, our only attacking threat was him because Andrews Townsend on the other end, he's the loser of this game. I think he had the worst he had his worst game under the the shirt for very, very long time. I I don't remember Andrews Townsend playing this badly. Before I really don't, so yeah, I think winner has to be Zaha for me, and loser Andrew Townsend. The fact that Roy subbed him and Roy doesn't really sub Andrew Townsend just it was telling.
4: Yeah, was that was that the moment we got Benteke and Batshuayi on the pitch at the same time? It was, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah,
4: yeah, I, I I agree. Zaha looked looked good going forward. Um, won bissaka again, single yeah. out for a few tackles. Yeah. He, I don't think he's ever had a bad game.
0: Is he off, Nick? I mean, he's always so consistent. Can the club hold on to him in the summer?
4: Well, thats I was a bit gutted that Andy Gray didn't get in touch because um, well, we couldn't get in touch with him because he's an agent, isn't he? I'd, I'd say, you know, out of the palace thing, what would you advise him to do? Um, I'd like him to stay. Um, who knows what's on his mind? Uh, I think he might have the same agent as Wilf. I'm not sure, so don't mm. quote me on that. I don't think he does. But um, he could get into any team in Europe. Um, but does he know enough yet to feature for a top team week in, week out? He knows he's going to have a starting place at Palace. Um, does he owe it to us to give us a few years after we've he's spent all this time in our academy? I mean, you'd, you'd like to think there's a bit of kind of... I don't think word?
3: he really owes anything to us.
4: Well, But
0: might there be an angle of him owing it to himself to stay at Palace for a couple of years in the sense that regardless of whether he feels a duty to the club, his development might be aided by staying somewhere where he knows he's going to play.
4: Indeed. Uh, how much did Zaha develop when he was at Man United sitting on the bench for a year?
3: But it's still a lesson.
4: It, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's still it, a lesson.
3: He made Zaha who he is today. It's a part of you know, why he's so good he learned from his mistakes at United moving to United but you I'm not saying that I, yeah I'm not yeah I think he has I'm not saying that Wan-Bissaka should go to United and then hopefully it doesn't work out and then he returns back to Palace that's not what you wish but I don't think uh, Wan-Bissaka owes anything to us because we were forced to pretty much play Wan-Bissaka right back we had no other options we had Fossil Mensah injured we had Joel Ward injured we didn't have any other right backs to play and it was just his time to shine so I don't think we would have gave him a chance. I honestly don't think we would have gave him a chance if we didn't have any injuries. Wasn't
4: so. there a rumour, though, that he'd asked to go? He Yeah, yeah. Roy there, kept him, yeah. the second division or League Two team wanted him on loan and he said he wanted to go, but Roy said, no, I need you here. Yeah. And then a week later, yeah, we had I've, the injury. Yeah, exactly.
3: That's the thing. Um, Roy wanted him here, but I don't think Roy would have still played him. I just think it's due to depth, depth issues because I don't know... Who was injured, I'm pretty sure someone was injured back then um, when he opted to stay, so
0: well Aaron Wambasaka is an all-action footballer and I have to say it's an all-action edition of the Crystal Palace fan show here on Love Sport Radio because if you're just joining us the big news is that the MPs have voted on Theresa May's latest Brexit deal 242 supported it including three defecting Labour MPs 391 voted against it including 75 Tory rebels that's a majority of 149 where do we stand now well a spokesperson for the president of the European Council, Donald Tusk, has issued a statement saying, listen, the EU stand by the withdrawal agreement. What that means, for those of you who may not have followed this all as closely as you could, because it isn't always drastically interesting, that means the EU is standing by the kind of deal that requires the backstop. The exactly the kind of thing that many MPs were opposing this evening and it isn't just Brexit I'm afraid gents that you've got hijacking your show because we have football in the Champions League kicking off in just 10 minutes time as Juventus take on Atletico Madrid and Man City take on Schalke we also have action from across the Football League and as always on Love Sport Radio we're bringing you your London scores first. Brentford are away at Sheffield United nil-nil there. AFC Wimbledon hosts Peterborough, 0-0 there. Luton Town away at Bradford City, still scoreless. Charlton Athletics similarly at home to Burton Albion. Big game for Charlton. Wickham Wanderers goalless with Accrington Stanley. And as all the goals go in, we'll be bringing you your latest updates.
4: Any news on the mighty Bromley there at home to Chesterfield? Any I'd news? be there if I wasn't here.
0: Any news on the mighty Bromley? Yeah, we have got some National League action as well. Bromley, of course, at home to Chesterfield. It's goalless. Every game in the National League is currently goalless. But we have an early goal at AFC, Fylde. 1-0, they lead Hartlepool United.
3: That's good. My, my mate plays for them.
0: Really yeah. well, you, you can congratulate him. And we've also had a golfer's south end away at Scunthorpe. They are one nil up, just four minutes in. But Palace, I can I can take a breath and I can talk <laughs> about the main topic of the day. We discussed how good Wambasaka was. Are there more players you want to highlight for their good performances against Brighton, or are we getting into dwelling on the negatives?
3: Yeah, I don't think there's any real good performances
0: They out were. There.
4: They should all be ashamed of themselves. I, they no, should I, all I, I, be ashamed of themselves because that's twice this season that they have underperformed against their bitter rivals. Uh, okay? That's twice. I I think that's a bit harsh. I no. don't no, no, no. I feel, I feel like, you look at the tactics.
3: The tactics were at fault more than the players. It, you can't just say they should be ashamed of themselves. You could say that more for the first game that we played, you know, against Brian at their ground. But for this game, it was just down to tactics. It, it really was, you couldn't, you know, we Tactics couldn't, it, limited,
4: uh, it limited the players to do what they do best. Tactics doesn't allow Brighton players to want the ball more, does it? Oh yeah, don't be half-hearted when you're going for the ball. No, the Brighton players wanted that ball. You could see that we weren't going in as much. And in fact, the, the knock-off challenge at the beginning was a sign of how up for it they were. In
0: just a moment, I want specifics, Nick, because your words are strong. I need players who were heartless, and you can't say all of them. <laughs> uh, just quickly, Charlton Athletic, good news for them. It's an early lead. Lyle Taylor with a 6th minute penalty. It's Charlton Athletic. One, Burton Albion, nil at the Valley. Now, names, okay? None of this on the fence stuff. We're yeah, slagging off <laughs> the Palace players. I want named and shamed. Who wasn't up for
4: it? Vicente Gaeta. <laughs> the
0: goalkeeper not fighting.
4: <laughs> well, wow, what, what can he do? Patrick Van Arnholt.
6: <laughs> All right. Yeah. Are we doing right. the team sheet? You, 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 right. you got me. Yeah. Um,
4: <laughs> I don't know. They just Brighton just seemed to. It's hard to describe, but Brighton just seemed to be more at it. Yeah, if but that, if if anybody knows what that means,
3: but can't you blame that towards Abanijah as well? Because the way that Brighton was set up, it was brilliant. Hughton set them up perfectly, and. Probably game talk before the game. He also told them, you know, this means a lot. We can't go out there and lose. And it showed. It showed it by the way that Brighton players played. But it seems like the way we went out, it was. Um, I wouldn't say the effort wasn't match with Brighton. it's just Brighton were just a bit more aggressive. We'll we're, we'll we're play more smart. There's no point going out there and just getting yellow cards. For dumb reasons. Okay, I take your point
0: absolutely. But in terms of that lack of fight from Palace, if what Nick's saying is that pretty much every player on the park was guilty of that, does the responsibility then
3: fall at the door of the manager, Roy Hodgson? That's what I'm thinking, but I don't want I don't want to go and criticise Rock because there's been so many fans that's gone all of a sudden roy out well no listen after you, this game yeah we, I we think,
0: needn't be that strong you can think that roy's doing a good job but that he isn't perhaps getting the players fired up in the way that he might
3: yeah i think that could play a part due to how Brighton started the game and how the players went out there it seemed like Brighton. you can see by the celebrations this meant a lot to Brighton, and i'm surprised because they've got some players that's been there for a long time that understands the derby but i thought wilford you know, Wilf and other players that has also been at the club and played
4: a couple of games against Brighton, feel like they'll be more fired up. I don't know. It's it's, it's weird. It's, it's more the home form that's worrying though. I mean, I know we're going to, after the news and stuff, we're going to come on to season ticket prices and how fans feel about that with, in relation to to home performances this season. But we haven't been very good at home, mm. at all. Considering how many games have we won, four, three. Three at home? Oh, I'm
3: thinking of the cup as well. Yeah, three and 15.
4: Three and 15. That's that's not very good, is it?
3: No. You know what's more worrying? The goals. How many goals have we scored in 15
4: games? At home? I haven't looked at the table, but I'm going to guess at 10.
3: No, 11. All right, not bad, guess. <laughs> not bad. Yeah,
4: lots more to discuss on
3: the palace
0: front. If you're just joining us, big political news this evening. Of course, MPs have been voting on Theresa May's latest Brexit deal in the House of Parliament. 242 backed that deal, 391 opposed it. That gives the No's a majority of 149. We now find ourselves in a difficult situation. We're hearing reports that 40 MPs switched their votes to support May's deal, so she's improving. If she hasn't. 53 goes at it she might get it through Uh, and we now have a difficult situation Andrea Leadsom has issued a statement saying that there's now going to be a vote on whether or not we should have a no deal Brexit which to me seems like absolute insanity lots more to discuss on the Crystal Palace front not least the fact that the owners could be looking to sell the club and it's going to run and run just like Brexit is Wan-Bissaka on the move
1: This is Love Sport.
0: You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show. Of course you are. It's 8 o'clock on a Monday, Tuesday (laughs) night. Where else could you be? I'm Johnny Burrow. I've forgotten what day it is, what time it is, and that's because the news is still coming in from the Houses of Parliament. The MPs have been voting on Theresa May's latest, latest brexit deal 242 supported it 391 opposed it including 75 tory rebels a majority of 149 all the latest on that as we get it and there is of course football going on around the globe city are Underway against Schalke, still nil 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 nil. There, Pep Guardiola leads uh, three to two, and we've got action from across the football league as well. Nil nil, Sheffield United as they host Brentford. Nil nil, AFC Wimbledon taking on Peterborough. Bradford are nil nil with Luton Town. Charlton got an early goal there, 1-0 up against Burton Albion, Lyle Taylor with a penalty, and 0-0 nil, nil Wickham Wanderers with Accrington Stanley. I'm um, delighted. Luton have just gone one up. Luton have just Jack gone Stacey. one up. Jack Stacey. Jack Stacey, there we go. <laughs> you are listening, Legal. of course, to the Palace Fan Show with me, Johnny Burrow, and Nick Gillard, and Dr. Kernaz from the Back of the Nest podcast, and gents, we can finally talk about Crystal Palace.
3: Yeah, Nick, what's up with the live updates? <laughs> Howdy. It- you're oh, lightning, you're beating me too. Exactly. Is it a challenge? Screen. Is it 1-0 to Nick? Is it, no, it's, it's, it's one on n- the I mean, behind I mean, you.
0: It's oh, about
4: 4-0 to Nick. Oh, 4-0 to Nick. At least Palace are winning something. I'll get my game. wish about Ronaldo as well if this carries on. Juve going, oh no, that, that said 1-0 and then it changed again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's alright, Nick. I one day, know. one day. Crystal Palace, they're, 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 you keep saying clubs being sold. Well, part ownership of it. How much do... Um, Harris and Blitz and the own of the club can't remember. Hang on, so for uh, for
0: people listening, let's just lay out the situation. Yes, What's yes. going on?
3: Um, so yeah, the report came out earlier on in a week um, from Bloomberg, suggesting that Harris and Blitz, the American owners, want out of the club. They want to sell um, their shares, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And people, some people don't believe it. Some people do. And we're here to discuss it, <laughs> pretty much. And
4: are there any people that aren't sure whether to or not? Oh, yeah, there are, yeah. <laughs> there's also
3: them people. Um, but the, they... weird th- the weird thing is, uh, in this situation, not, I don't know if it's weird, but two weeks before the story got released, some of, some of you may know that I watch basketball. Um, at the 76ers game, which is owned by Harris and Blitz as well, a basketball team and an NBA team, uh, Steve Parrish was there with Har- Harris before two weeks before this story got released, and I feel like the timing was a bit weird because it, he returned on the day to go to the Leicester game, and I know he normally does travel out, but two weeks before this, I don't know if it's something to look into, but it's interesting because uh, the new stand is mainly uh, it's going it's mainly due to get funded by Harris and Blitz. So if they want out, what happens with that?
4: Indeed, and haven't they just, uh, isn't there talk of them investing in Porto as well? Uh, th- one, yeah, one. There's a, there's a Portuguese club. I'm not too sure if it's Porto,
3: but yeah, they're, they're, I don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's interesting because our future's on the line.
4: How are, how are the 76ers doing in basketball? Because the, the, the thing before they came in was every team they take over turns a bit pants.
3: No, the 76ers were pants, but but over the time they've improved and now they're actually they're in, in the top half of the in, of the NBA and actually are challenging. Covering the, everything contenders. on this show. Brexit, yeah. <laughs> Palace, basketball. <laughs> quick
0: quick update from the Valley for you. Charlton had taken an early lead through a Lyle Taylor penalty, and it is a penalty that has levelled the scores for Burton Albion. Now one all, Lucas Aikens levelling there. Charlton still running the game, got the bulk of possession, so could still be a good result for them. Updates for you of course from the Champions League and all around the grounds as we get them. With this ownership stuff of Crystal Palace, is it something, is a change of the current status quo something that you as fans would support?
3: Um, it, I don't know. I, have, I haven't really thought about it as much. It's just that one story. Nothing else really came out after it. It, it depends because this new stand that everyone was looking forward to it probably will be it won't be done unless we get someone else in and i don't know too much uncertainty so right now i'm not too sure that's the best thing for the club considering that we've been a bit of a yo-yo just always fight for relegation, and then we start good we end bad or vice versa so i don't know i want a bit of stability and this doesn't really
4: show it eight years with parish and co kind of been uh as stable as we've known for a while um yeah, it's a hard one. Um, what would they what would they be looking to get for their for their stake in the club? How much is the club worth? Does this include the value of the players? Would is the club worth less if we sell AWB and Wilf or do they want to hold on to them to keep the value of the club up because we've got the the um assets as it
3: were? Yeah, also the most important thing is who comes in, who gets you know, who who buys the shares off them and gets that much power over the club because that's really important. If it's an owner who doesn't really care about the club, then that will be really bad. And other, you can look at it the other way and you could say that maybe someone who is wealthy and is willing to invest huge amounts of money comes in so that that might, that might be a good thing <laughs> you know we might have more transfer funds or the new
4: stand will still go ahead so I don't know you can look at it two ways yeah gone are the days of the local entrepreneur coming in <laughs> and taking over the club yeah. you know I can remember going to football and Carpet carpet. people yeah. own football clubs and now they run schools, schools. Yeah, ha- yeah, you'd
0: have to own quite a lot of carpets, wouldn't you, to own yeah. a football club <laughs> in this day and age. Updates, of course, from around the grounds for you this evening. Juventus tied with Atletico Madrid. The Spaniards lead 2-0 on aggregate. City similarly tied goalless with Schalke at home. They lead 3-2 in the Football League. It's goalless Sheffield United at home to Brentford. Big game. That for the Bees, AFC Wimbledon and Peterborough United similarly in a goalless deadlock. Bradford City are losing to Luton Town. Stacey with an early goal there for the Hatters. Charlton tied 1-0 with Burton Albion, a penalty apiece, but Charlton seemed to be on top. Wickham and Accrington Stanley nil-nil. And now Brexit. We've got 53 updates to bring you. Uh, If you're just joining us, MPs have been voting on Theresa May's latest deal. 242 supported the Brexit deal. 391 opposed it, including, crucially, 75 Tory rebels. That's a majority of 149 and Conservative former Education Secretary Nikki Morgan, who is herself a Remainer, has said it's very disappointing that the Prime Minister's position could become untenable and the next move could be an extension to Article 50 and we're hearing that the government will table a motion on that matter which will be amendable. It's always amendable and we're no closer to an answer. One thing that is final is our wonderful four-word reviews of the performance and they're coming right up this is love sport it's of course the crystal palace fan show here on love sport radio and mo Diame isn't a name i've heard linked with the eagles before but it's now being suggested that a potential move could be on the cards not least because the current newcastle midfielder is out of contract in the summer yeah i i think he
3: if he if he starts three more games it triggers a contract Extension, but that's looking unlikely. Sits on the bench a lot. Yeah, I don't think he will start three more games. And yeah, he's been linked with a move to Palace in the off season. But I don't know if he's someone we need. It really depends on will we be able to sell Jaira Readerworld. If we do, then that could be a good replacement for him, so, you know, an impact player. But if if Readerworld stays at the club, which is unlikely, then what's the point of bringing in Modi it's a tricky one. Quick update
0: from Bramall Lane as Sheffield United take on Brentford. It's another penalty and Sheffield United take the lead. Bad news for the bees. there. It is now time for our forward reviews and I think you'll be able to judge the tone of the Palace fans from the following tune. We're not massively happy, are we, lads? Nick, <laughs> Nick Gussett, lead us away.
4: So I've been getting flashbacks from a nightclub (laughs) in reading (laughs) (laughs) yeah you have to read them nick is just taking his shirt off and is kind of standing (laughs) on the table if i refuse to do this just as an ironic gesture towards the words (laughs) of the song all right mummy white can't find the words her daughter lucy can something stupid useless idiots very poor at home that's Simon Pizzi. What I'm loving about these, Nick, is that we could
5: equally
0: apply them to the Brexit vote. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's yeah. just do yeah. both.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, Sellhurst Under Lights. Roy Manage Away Only. Rob Nash. Hodgson Retirement Party Anyone.
3: Oh, harsh. This is harsh. harsh. This is, yeah, this is, it suits the song.
4: Yan. <laughs> Aggressive. <laughs> Drop PVA in Jimmy.
3: Oh, another harsh
4: one. Gordon Bennett. I might save that. (laughs) At at Bennett1Gordon. He's actually called Gordon Bennett. Yeah, I I had a Gordon Bennett at school. (laughs) Um, But another one, he's done four words, read the question. And then James has replied to him, that's five words, Gordon. Very good, James. (laughs) Surely Roy must go. Roy Hodgson must go. That's Andy Reedy and Mark Hope. Joe, is this you? Play Max at home. I think DR wrote that one. (laughs) Mark Skeet. Passion, hunger, desire, missing. Stuart McMillan, had to be Murray. Dave Gringham, 84, is right here. Can't break teams down. Andy Tarrant says, same old boring Hogson. But I'm going to leave the last one for Gordon Bennett, who says, saving ourselves for Watford.
0: Gordon Bennett. And that is, of course, the defining topic of the second hour of the show. We've got a massive, massive FA Cup game to look forward to. Just before we touch on that, I want to pick up on one of those forward reviews uh, in the form of the one referring to Glenn Murray. Had to be Murray. Yeah. He's, of course, a man who's had spells at both Brighton and Palace, despite the two clubs being rivals. Liked by both fan bases. Was he always going to get on the score sheet?
4: I. I- When he was playing for us and we played them in the first leg of the playoff semi-final, they were shouting, let him die, let him die, let him die when he was injured. They were horrible, weren't they? At least we've got a bit of grace. Yeah. Until he started a few niggly fouls. He had a right old ding-dong battle with um, Tomkins, didn't he? Yeah. They were in each other's ears all the time. But
3: I'm not buying this love affair with Glenn Murray. I'm no. sorry. I'm just not buying it. There after the game, he you know he clapped. Uh, he went around the stadium and he was showing his respect to the home fans. But it shouldn't. Do you think that respect I, was reciprocated, D? R.? Did the fans show respect to him as well? Yes, they did because they were clapping back towards him. But I don't. Know, I just don't know how to feel about it. Glenn Murray. Yes, he did have a great period with us, but he went back to Brighton. He's a Brighton f- player at the end of the day. I, it just feels weird. Just. Clapping a Brighton player off the pitch, but after a Brighton their player who's done good things for your yeah, club, yeah, they have. But he's you no, know, it's just he's still a Brighton player. That doesn't change anything. I, I, I don't so, like this love of, I don't like this love of affair with a Brighton player. So, no okay. matter, I know he's done good things for us, and he's scored so many goals when he when he's with us. But st- he's back at Brighton. That's all that matters for me. So you're uncomfortable showing
0: any kind of appreciation for any Brighton player?
4: Yeah. What it if should, what, it should, what it's, your mate who plays for Filed? Yeah, but that's different. Picked up for Brighton. Would you? Would you? Yeah, but that's different. I've known
3: him for five to six years. I've yeah, known him we've person. known Glenn
4: Murray for five to six years. Yeah, but he, we he, don't know he him per- for
3: us. Yeah, yeah, but we don't know him personally. Uh, my mate, you're talking about my mate. You're talking about you're, uh, the guy that I've known for six years. But uh, on, this hang on, hang on, hang on, different. On. With Glenn but Murray. On,
0: on Glenn Murray, I'm I'm quite interested by this. You're saying he plays for Brighton. Simple as so, yeah. yeah, yeah. But with that is what we're talking about is a suspension of respect, as in. If Glenn Murray retires, or if he goes to a different club, will you go back to loving Murray? Is it just the fact that he's currently at Brighton that's yes. causing you problems? Yes. Or, so it's not the fact that he went back to Brighton at all. You'll forgive that in the longer scheme of things. But at the moment, because he's playing
3: for your rivals against your club, no time for it. Yeah, no time for it. I don't care if he celebrates or if he doesn't celebrate. He still plays for Brighton. He's still a Brighton player. He's still joined... After, afterwards, with the celebration with the Brighton players over a victory over Crystal Palace in a Brighton v Palace game, so it's just simple as that. I like after yeah, maybe but- yeah, but right now we we can't be applauding applauding him off the pitch, especially in a Brighton v Palace game. If he was playing for Bournemouth or something, then yeah, that's fine. But he's a Brighton player. That's that's how I see it. But we dumped him. It it doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter what happened. He still plays for Brian. That's how I see it. It's just Dear,
0: if if someone were to break up with their partner, and their <laughs> p- I knew it was going this <laughs> way, and, <laughs> and, and, and they they did the dumping right, and yeah. their ex partner went to a different, started going out with someone you didn't like, okay, yeah. would you blame your ex partner, or is there not a case, as Nick seems to be suggesting, that for your partner to go, well, listen, you broke up with me. I'm a free individual. I'm going to go back off with whoever I want. And if it means that I go running back into the arms of my ex, who you don't like, then that's tough. You've got to handle it. It's just
4: Brighton's the equivalent of him running off with Dr's mum. <laughs> 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 okay.
0: With, with that analogy, you, yeah. you don't have to forgive it. Right. And I'm sure Dr's mum, if you're listening, I'm sure you're lovely <laughs> and having a lovely evening. Interesting that because i thought from our discussion last week i'd have felt that you would have perhaps been and i know you're not saying it's a permanent state of dislike yeah. but i thought you'd be more positive towards him if he'd had a really bad game yeah would you be feeling differently i mean would you be going oh glenn murray lovely bloke shame he plays for brighton but it was a three out of ten performance so i'm still a fan um
3: i don't think so he just it's the fact that he plays for Brighton. That that's really it. And that he tried to him. run off with your mum. Yeah, exactly. Thanks was telling me that. No, you I'm yeah,
4: yeah. Glenn Murray's your stepdad, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate him. <laughs> just,
3: yeah, from the blood I hate him. Um yeah. I yeah, I can't I just I mean I just can't I don't care who it is, you play for Brighton, it should be like that. You shouldn't like Brighton. Just like Arsenal Tottenham. Yes. Would you would you like a Tottenham would you like a Tottenham player? If he went, you know, Arsenal. He came to like he started Arsenal. You know what? I think
0: if Thierry Henry came out of retirement and turned out for Spurs up front, I think I'd still love him. I'm eighty percent of the fans. Or seventy percent. No, I'm sure. And by the way, if Thierry Henry ran off with my mum, it would be yeah. a very, very different question. It's been a diverse show. It has to be yeah. said. We've had Palace. We've had Brexit. We've had football from around the grounds. And I'm just going to bring a quick score update there in the Champions League. Still goalless. Juventus nil. Atletico Madrid nil. Manchester City nil. FC Schalke nil. We've got a big goal update though from the Valley. It is two one to Charlton against Burton Albion. That could be a really big result for them as they chase promotion. Other results, Sheffield United still 1-0 up against Brentford. That's courtesy of an Oliver Norwood penalty. A big goal for Leeds as well. Up at the top of the championship table... They lead Reading one nil in terms of your London action in League One. AFC Wimbledon tied nil nil with Peterborough United. Uh, Luton Town lead Bradford City one nil. We've already touched, of course, on Charlton and looking down the table, Wickham Wanderers one, Accrington Stanley nil. And in League Two, the flying Luton—they have been absolutely wonderful. Still one nil up there. More scores as we get them. They've—they've
4: um, they've just been uh, given permission for a new ground, haven't they, Luton? They have. Last night was it?
0: And it's an amazing thing at that club, not just to be moving upwards in terms of the league, in terms of the infrastructure with the new ground, but to do that having lost such a highly rated coach in the form of Nathan Jones mid season. (laughs) Well, there is always that as a concern. Uh, Coming up on the Crystal Palace fan show, more on Glenn Murray's misbehaviour with members of all of our families. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show live on Love Sport coming straight to you from the Crystal Palace of Westminster. With that in mind a quick Brexit update for you MPs have been voting on Theresa May's latest Brexit deal. The scores are in. 242 MPs supported the deal 391 opposed it, including 75 defecting Tory MPs That's a majority of 149 not quite as bad for the Prime Minister as last time out when a majority of 230 set a new record but still a catastrophic evening and the latest news is that there is now going to be a motion on a no deal Brexit that's going to be voted on tomorrow it reads that this house declines to approve leaving the European Union without a withdrawal agreement and a framework on the future relationship on the 29th March 2019 and notes that leaving without a deal remains the default in UK and EU law unless this house and the EU ratify an agreement the arguments will continue many including Paul Scully, who is a Conservative, conservative MP, sorry, believe that having no deal on the table is an important lever for Britain in EU negotiations. Let's talk about Palace. And in terms of controversial news, controversial decisions, we're hearing that there could be a hike in season ticket prices ahead of
3: next year. Yeah, it's frustrating. I think for me personally, it doesn't really impact me a lot. Um, but if you actually look at the bigger picture, it's the fact that we've won three games at home, all season long in 15 games. We've scored 11 goals. So when you look at the performances on the pitch at home, the prices don't justify in the first place. But it doesn't matter. I'll go and support my club, so will the other 18,000, because the club already know that we'll renew the ticket price, uh, you know, season tickets. But the fact that they've increased the prices and... It does more damage to the fans than the clubs. It's just annoying. It's the fact you know, you want the atmosphere to improve, but you're you're yet increasing the prices, which reduces the chances of the ordinary fan who cares about the club, you know, that can't afford the big prices coming to the game. It's just I find it annoying. Um I think it, it regardless of it being fifteen pound increase or twenty pound increase. It's not a good message to send out you know, to the fans that you increase the price. And most of your revenue comes from TV anyways. What do you get out of the fans? An extra couple of million or whatever. What what benefit does that do? I just feel like it's just greed by the club and I'm just annoyed at it.
4: My ticket for me and two of my kids is going to be going up by about a £100 if I get in for the early bird. I normally do it monthly to spread over and I, I can do it that way which is quite handy but we want to keep local I sound like Western Vasey, but it's a local club we want to keep and it's it's a working-class sport and we don't want to price the working class out we're already seeing a number of I don't know if they're working class or not but double-barrelled surnames entering the game I'm not saying that <laughs> everybody can enter the game but it just it doesn't seem to belong to the working class as it used to Well, this
0: is the thing i think the issue isn't the double barrels as we'll call them entering the grounds it's the fact that other people might not be able to and a hundred pounds nick as you point out is a large amount of money that's not an insignificant sum and for many that could be the difference between being able to go and watch palace or whoever their club may be and not being able to at all With that in mind, do you think that the club has a responsibility to subsidise tickets to make it so that the old fans who've been at the club through thick and thin, through decades and decades and decades, before the Premier League became about money in the way that it has, do you think the club need to be helping those people out and saying, listen, whatever happens, wherever we go with deals with Sky and TV rights, you will have a place in the stands, in your season ticket,
3: at this football club? Well, yeah, they should, but... They're not. That's the thing. They're, they're increasing the prices for, I've, I believe it. Well, I know my prices are getting increased and I'm I've, I'm 18 to 21. Uh, your prices, they're increasing adults. Yeah. I think all around, whatever age group you're in, they're just increasing. And it's just annoying because the atmosphere at Selhurst has been going down by the year. Well, Selhurst is not a fortress anymore. I'm sorry, it simply isn't. Because we're rubbish at home. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. We you still know, success on the pitch it does, brings we, out the atmosphere. We had when we got promoted. If you look at the players we had, we they were all below. They weren't Premier League players. Let's just say that. Yeah. We had some very average or Championship players, but the atmosphere was still there. It's L- not it, nothing changed from that it doesn't matter about the players lads moving back to the ticket prices and I, I
0: appreciate the point you're making about those perhaps needing to correspond to the performances on the pitch but DR you were saying your ticket price is going up you're a young lad yeah. for you personally what does that mean and how does it make you feel
3: it annoys me but I'm I'm still going to go and the club know that as well so it doesn't change the fact but that's what, that's what annoys me the most is the they're fact profiting that, from yeah, your passion profi- yeah exactly and and we're complaining about the atmosphere. I of spark. And you're trying to push away the fans that do care about, you know, that do care about the club. Some fans, as you said, but, some but fans. are business yeah. now. It's, it's
4: all about the money. Yeah, but I don't it's know. It's all about the money. But and you they'll don't... try and get money any way they can. But they're you... they're going to charge you £10 to put yourself on a waiting list. It, it's all about the money.
3: If, if we pride ourselves in the local work, you know, how, how we're a local club and we're South London and proud. Then we should still think about, you know, the local people and who come to the game. We're not doing that right now. So what what's the future of the club? Where's it going?
0: Absolutely. Nick's point there, football is a business, it's about the money. No business in football is bigger than that of the Champions League. And there has been a goal. We were talking, Nick, about Cristiano Ronaldo, how you'd like to see him go out. Well, he's the man who's got the first goal of the night in the Champions that. League. It is 1-0 to Juventus at home. That makes it 2-1... To Atletico Madrid on aggregate. Atleti now, if they can nick an away goal, are in pole position in that tie still. They still lead, but with Ronaldo firing, there might be a wobble for Simeone's men. Big news as well from Bramall Lane in the Championship as Sheffield United take on Brentford. Still 1-0 to the Blades there, but Gary Medine, who of course the striker, not perhaps shy of the odd feisty incident, was shown a straight red card on the 35th minute. Could that mean advantage Brentford? More updates as we get them. But coming up, there is the small matter of a major FA Cup clash to look ahead. And we'll be looking about Palace's chances against Watford in just a moment.
1: This is Love Sport. The Opposition View on Love Sport.
0: You are listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show live here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow. And as you heard there, it is, of course, time for the opposition view. We'll be hearing from Andy from the Hornets' Nest to give his take on the upcoming FA Cup quarter final between Palace and Watford in just a moment. But first, we've got more updates coming in from Westminster. For those of you... St- just joining us now MPs have been voting on Theresa May's latest Brexit deal 242 supported it 391 opposed it that's a majority of 149 is a no deal Brexit now looking more likely we're hearing news that Theresa May is now saying that no deal plans for the Irish border will be released so how that can be dealt with can it be dealt with at all? I suspect not. But Andy from the Hornets' list is here to talk us through how Watford are going to deal with the attacking threat posed by Crystal Palace, possibly less of a complex political issue. Andy, thank you very much for joining us. Do the Eagles scare you ahead of what is a massive game for both clubs?
6: Yeah, hi guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, a bit more comfortable talking about Watford's than <laughs> Brexit. Um <laughs> If I'm being honest, uh yes they do. Um I think uh when the uh when the draw was made and I saw Crystal Palace come out obviously the first the first reaction is thank god we've missed both the uh both the Manchester clubs. Um but then obviously memories come flooding back of the semi-final back in 2016. Um and I'm just I was I was terrified because it's it's a game that I think it's both um both sides are evenly matched. It's going to be a cracking atmosphere hopefully. Um, and I'm just uh, well. At the time, I was uh, scared of uh, visions of Palace doing one over us. Um, a little bit less scared after the results this weekend, I think. Um, but it should be—it's going to be a really, really interesting matchup, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, actually.
4: You're right, mate. Don't don't forget the playoff final as well. That was more <laughs>
6: disappointment for you at Wembley. You know, we we, we I, do yeah, like I, to I rub wanted, it in. Wanted to brush that one under the carpet. It, it's it's
4: going to be a, a a very tricky. Tricky, uh, tricky game for both teams. Uh, uh, Palace will come at you if you come at us. If you sit back, I think you'll be better off. But what what are Watford like at home, Andy? Uh,
6: we're we're quite resolute, actually. Um, we, I think you're going to see a different uh, a different sort of setup to the sides that um, played against City at the weekend. That was. Obviously we made seven changes to the side that beat of the previous week, but that was just about sort of sitting back and soaking up the pressure. Whereas at home, um against yourselves, I think will be uh, it will be a starting eleven. Um our first team with the well aside from uh Jarelio Gomez will be in goal. Um but we will we will go at you. Um I think we're we're quite resolute at home. We we've kept uh, well We've not conceded that many in the last uh, few games at home. Um, our defence, although uh, you know, a lot of fans still calling out for a couple of centre backs. Um, with uh, with the defence that we've got, and you know, obviously Ben Foster's been been in goal in the league, we've actually been been quite resolute. So um, it's it's going to be very tense. Uh, I think a lot depends um, kind of how you guys approach it, and if, if you're going to come at us. You know, we had uh, Jay. On the Watford fans show on Sunday, and he was saying um, how uh, Palace fans were happy that they were drawn away from home because um, I know that your home record this season is uh, isn't great. Um, Understatement. But with mm-hmm. <laughs> but with the with, uh, with the home advantage, um, it, I would obviously I would expect Watford to win it. But FA Cup, it's anything anything can happen. Territory, isn't it?
4: with the with the home advantage how much advantage are you gaining by leaving lots of empty seats and not making money out of it what what, what do you make of that you've only given <laughs> I, us half I, a
6: stand i figured this would come up uh yeah well i think uh, the, the the first the first thing to say about it is um obviously i understand some uh palace fans frustration at obviously not being able to get a ticket when there are of course uh, uh seats seats available however um Watford haven't broken any rules I know. Um, by doing by doing what they're doing, um, and I don't. I personally, um, if the shoe was on the other foot, I'm sure lots of Watford fans would be annoyed as well. But I would expect Crystal Palace to do exactly the same if the game was at Selhurst Park. Um, but we are we have been drawn at home. We do have a home advantage. You know, it's 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 our ground. We we can pretty much do what we like. Um, Within and reason. I don't, with, yeah, obviously within reason. But <laughs> I, I I, don't see why Watford would want to weaken their potential home advantage by allowing an extra sort of 2,000 Palace fans yeah. in the ground. Well, and they... as long as no, no rules have been broken, then, uh, you know, it's tough luck, really. And I want to get our teeth
0: into this, and Nick, I think, is raring to go. But just quickly, talking of home advantage, we've had a goal at the Etihad. Manchester City one, Schalke nil. Aguero tucking home from twelve yards. Another penalty in this evening's football. It's now four-two City on aggregate, with crucially three away goals. All looking good for Pep's men. Nick, please go at him once more no I'm, I'm just thinking
4: from a neutral perspective you've got supposedly the biggest club trophy in the world but before you were on we were talking about how football clubs are trying to make as much money as possible so they're going to be losing a lot of revenue but live on the telly it's going to be shown all around the world and you've got all those empty seats it's not a very good advert for the game is it
6: i take your point um but i in all honesty i don't think the owners of what would care? Um, yeah. in, to, be, to be brutally honest, I don't think they're bothered about you know. However, however much money that would uh, that would bring in, what two thousand times whatever the price for the ticket was. 20, Eighteen quid. quid.
4: Fair, fair play. Eighteen quid for the ticket. I thought Eight, that was really 18 good. Eighteen quid. Only Reason. three of yeah, them yeah, on yeah, sale. Though.
6: Yeah. <laughs> to be to be fair to offer the f a cup prices uh, in fact the clubs that we've uh, that we've been to we've been away from home um in the previous three rounds to be fair the f a cup prices this season have actually been uh, been pretty good um but I'd, i don't i don't think the owners the owners are fussed um because i think they see this as a obviously an excellent opportunity like yourselves to get through get through to Wembley and eye up a, a bit of silverware this season with a lot of the top teams out yeah. um and like i said if we can let them the noise from the away end as much as possible. Uh, I think that can only be a good thing for what uh, for obviously the rest of the rest of the stadium and what happens on the pitch.
4: I um I even tweeted Elton John to try and get a ticket. Luckily, I've got one now. I think we'll just just sing twice <laughs> as loud.
6: Yeah, I think Elton might be a bit stingy on the uh, on the old ticket front. I think he's a bit busy at the moment as well <laughs> with his tour.
3: Hi, Andy. Um, this in a way, this game, if you do end up losing, it wouldn't be the end of the world for you guys, wouldn't it? Because you're fighting for a top seven.
0: It's, it's an FA Cup quarter-final. Yeah, but, but they can still be in
3: Europe. <laughs> because I think, I saw it on Love Sport uh, Twitter page, how, I don't know if it was you, Andy, that said that you would rather go in Europa League than anything else right now and finish top t- top seven. Uh, so
6: the, the, the question was posed to me, I forget which show it was, um I was asked about whether uh, we would... We would want to finish seventh because obviously we, you know we saw Burnley um, started the season in Europe and look how their season's panned out. So it was, um, the offer, the offer to me was you can finish seventh this season, but you finish fifteenth in the Premier League next season. And um, to be honest, I'd, I'd uh, bite your hand off at, at that offer. Um, you know, we we both sort of similar sized clubs. I think the opportunity to sort of watch our team play on an international stage would be uh, just potentially a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity so hang on
0: and andy to to extend that question would you rather yeah. see your club play in the europa league and realistically with respect probably not got get all that far in that competition would you rather see watford feature in europe or see watford lift the fa cup
6: lift the fa cup 100 that, that's 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 a no-brainer our trophy cabinet is completely bare Um <laughs> it's it's gathered a lot of dust since 1881 um it would be a dream come true to see Watford uh lift, lift some silverware at Wembley um obviously it would obviously it, well it would be the end of the world for all of uh, the rest of Saturday if we were to lose the final on uh, on the weekend um but yeah like you said you know we're well in that race for for seventh spot it looks like to be a uh, a shootout between between us and Wolves with eight games to go um and it's reached the stage of the season now where we're kind of Looking out at other teams' results, you know, before the City game on uh, on Saturday, West Ham were losing, Everton conceded three in the second half, and we're we're looking at these results and thinking this is helping us. We we can achieve seventh. So although it will take me a little while to you know cry myself to sleep after Palace beating us in the FA Cup <laughs> again, potentially, um, it it wouldn't be the end of our season. We still have something to play for, and and that just you know it's it's a fantastic season that we're having, and uh, don't really want it to end.
0: Andy, I'm sorry to cut across you, but Sergio Aguero keeps interrupting you, terribly rude of him. Uh it's now two nil to City. It's a quick fire double for the Argentine, scoring on the thirty-fifth and thirty-eight minutes, five two on aggregate with three away goals for City. That could well be the tighter bed. DR.
3: Yeah, um, another question is that there'll be VAR um at this game. Are you slightly worried? Because you guys do love Kicking wealth, like we saw it last (laughs) time. Yeah, we saw it last time. Are you slightly worried that you won't be able to use
6: that tactic anymore? I I don't know what you're talking about. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Well, it's it's the same for both sides, isn't it? Um, Obviously, Troy Deeney came out uh, after uh, I think it was was it the game earlier in the season and uh, said, you know, we take it in turns to have a have a a little nibble at at Zaha. and I think that was just Troy being honest. I think every team has a player that the opposition eyes up and they fancy giving him a little, giving him a little kick. Uh, you know, Pereira's um, kicked uh, you know oblivion uh, whenever we come up against against teams. Rich Arlison's um always taken uh, taken out when he plays for Everton. So every team has that player that the opposition think. Yeah, you know, let's. We obviously don't ever want to see someone injured, especially someone of Zaha's quality. We don't ever want to see um, players limping off the pitch or go off a bit don't foul them there. then we, we, well, <laughs> it's we, easy <laughs> it, it is it is part of the game isn't it if, if Zaha's breaking up the pitch and you've got uh, Etienne Capu who isn't on a yellow card he's going to make a cynical foul to break up the play to stop the momentum and take a yellow card for the team um, it is It is just part of it we see it uh, week in week out and I'm sure if Delafeu starts starts breaking up the pitch um, then someone from Palace is going to want to pull him back so VAR. I mean, we we could have done with VAR at the weekend to rule out Sterling's opener. Um, I am slightly concerned. We, you know, Zaha. It's not obviously not just Zaha, but he's obviously a, a very tricky customer. And once he gets inside the box, I don't think any Watford player is going to want to go anywhere near him. Um, but it will make it interesting, won't it? Uh, it's we've we've only ever had we our game against Newcastle had VAR and i had no idea what was uh, what was going on on the ground there was only mm. one decision no. pending so I, I i am for it but there's a lot of i think there's a lot of issues to iron out before we we bring it in uh, properly next season but it'll it'll certainly add a little bit to the context of the game when it
0: Andy, I'm really sorry to cut across you again. Again! Pep Pep, Pep Guardiola is a wonderful coach, but he needs to teach his players some manners. Leroy Sane, this time, eating with his fingers. He's made it 3-0, three goals in eight minutes, uh, and we can, of course, get back to the game. Uh, A final question from me, really, before we put you on the spot for the dreaded score prediction. So you've been given fair warning, which is more than most people get, so get thinking now. But Delafeu and, of course, Troy Deeney have been in scintillating form recently. Are they the danger men for the Hornets?
6: Uh, it's, it's tricky because I think Andre Gray is going to be banging on Javi Garcia's door to ask him um, to start the game. Um, you know, He scored the winner in the last two home games and De La Feu, whilst he got that uh, impressive hat-trick away at Cardiff and scored against City at the weekend. It's still something not quite right about the Dini-De La Feu partnership. It's not clicking just yet. Um, I would expect, having said that, Delafaye to start and greater perhaps come off the bench. Um, but Dangermen, I think you've got to be wary of our of our midfield. Um, Etienne Kapu and Abdoulaye Diakora are a fantastic partnership in the middle, and um, we've largely seen this season um, if those two sort of combine and, and can click, um, then Watford's uh, you know a, a really sort of well-oiled machine um, when those two are, are firing and Whilst Deaney, you know, has the presence, has the leadership on the pitch. Um, if Kapu uh, and Decore don't turn up, then uh, then Watford really do struggle. We had a few games where uh, Decore was unavailable through uh, through suspension, um, and Watford just didn't look just didn't look right. Um, so if you if you want to get on top in the early stages, I'd suggest uh, perhaps uh, flooding the midfield and just making sure that Kapu and Decore can't get into any sort of rhythm, and then you you'll probably be onto a winner.
0: Well, we can only hope that Roy Hodgson is listening, Andy. Thanks very much for joining us. Just before you head off, I've got to put you on the spot. You did have that fair warning. I need a score prediction, please, for Palace versus Watford in the FA Cup
6: quarter final. So, obviously, uh, we're at home. The Palace fans are going to be incredibly quiet. 2,000 fans <laughs> down. Um, No, I'm only messing. Um, I said on our show on Sunday, uh, three-one Watford win after extra time.
0: Three-one Watford win after extra time. Easy for me to say. You heard it here first. Thanks very much, Andy. That was Andy from the Hornets Nest podcast, and of course, the Watford Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. We've heard the Watford view coming up. I think it's time to hear what Palace think about things. This
1: is Love Sport.
0: You are listening to the Crystal Palace fan show here live on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, and of course Nick Gillard and DR Kernaz from the Back of the Nest podcast. It's not been all Palace for once on this show because we have some major Brexit news coming out of the Houses of Parliament. MPs have been voting this evening on Theresa May's latest Brexit deal. 242 supported it, including three Labour rebels. 391 MPs opposed it. That's including 75 defecting Tory MPs, with a majority of 149 leaving Britain once again in the lurch. And the CBI, that's the Confederation of British Industry, have issued a statement saying that enough is enough. We need some kind of stability. They said a new approach is needed by all parties. Jobs and livelihoods depend on it. And it's time for Parliament to stop this circus. Strong words there. Strong actions, of course, in the football as well around the globe. Not just with Palace. We've got Champions League action. Juve lead 1-0 against Atletico Madrid. Just coming into half-time. Atletico, of course, 2-1 up on aggregate. And a way goal for them would make things very, very interesting. Manchester City cruising, really, at the Etihad against Schalke. 3-0, 8, goal, eight goals, three goals in 8 minutes. they 8 goals in 3 minutes minutes would have been good wouldn't it 6-2 up for Pep's men uh, in the championship with your London fixtures it's 1-0 to Sheffield United at Bramall Lane they take on Brentford but Gary Medine has been dismissed could we see a Brentford comeback even with that poor away form. Luton Town 1-0 up against Bradford City in a lower division. AFC Wimbledon tied with Peterborough United in League One. Charlton still 2-1 up against Burton Albion courtesy of Reeves. And Wickham tied one all with Accrington Stanley in League One. A quick glance down to the National League. I know Nick would have been there this evening if it weren't for being so committed to the Palace fan show. AFC filed 1-0 up at Hartlepool. Leighton Orient up at Aldershot Town. Barnet 1-0 up hosting Halifax. Bromley losing to Chesterfield 1-0. And a range of other results, not least Eastleigh. 1-0 up against Maidstone United. Wrexham losing 3-0 to Barrow. That's a massive result at the top of the table. But we must turn our attention to Palace. And this massive FA Cup quarter final against Watford, we were hearing from Andy from the uh, from the Hornets Nest podcast just a moment ago. He was saying that this is the focus for Watford. This is what they want. The same, of course, has to be said for Palace. Every football fan wants to see their club raise the FA Cup. With that in mind, if Palace do crash out of the FA Cup against Watford, is that a case of season
3: over? Nothing left to play for? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time, yes. Um, you look at it, we're five points above the relegation zone, but we're also five points below tenth place. So we're right in the middle of of it all. And to be fair, most Palace fans haven't really been worried about going down. This it sounds weird, but even though we haven't played great, we haven't really worried about going down. So this is it, basically. It's the FA Cup or the season's over. Season could be over that soon I did, at the end of this weekend because there's nothing really to play for. So for you as pan, fans, fans, <laughs> yeah, for, for, for you as fans, <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, I'm being rude as well, not just the Man yeah. City player. Uh, with you know, Premier League status safe but not a possibility of European qualification, is it beyond the case of season over, do you actually lose interest? Would you be less likely to go to games, less likely to watch your side, less likely to care or is that passion still just as
4: strong? Football for me, I've supported Palace for 40 years, is that 90 minutes where everything else in life disappears out the window and you can just focus on the game. It's a nice afternoon out with my kids. So there's that. And actually, in a way, it's a lot more enjoyable because there's nothing riding on it. Um, So it's a bit more stress-free. But you can't beat the excitement of trying to beat relegation or, or, as we were in the championship, going for promotion. So it's it's really important that we we do go for this cup tie. Yeah. And Roy Roy after the barrage he's got this week could be on borrowed time if if we don't get through.
3: Yeah. Um I think results in a way wouldn't hurt as much if we do, you know, end up losing games in the Premier League if we do go out. It's because I do honestly see it as pointless unless we start l- l- unless we lose three in a row and then Cardiff win a couple and then we're right in the relegation zone then yes it'll be more interesting but I just don't see it happening and that, that's did. that's pretty much it I, I will still care about the club and still have passion but when it comes to it it'll just be like half an hour after 90 minutes like i think about it it's like what are we actually playing for? We're not really playing for anything so it wouldn't hurt as much. So were you to go
0: through to the quarter to the semi-finals sorry make short work of Watford and progress to the next stage would you then be advocating resting players in the Premier League to keep them fresh for the FA Cup? We've seen it a lot this season certain fans getting annoyed at Premier League teams perceived to not be taking the FA Cup all that seriously in terms of their lineups. with Palace and indeed possibly Watford would we now be in a situation where that competition would take pressure? precedence over the league form I've,
4: Go on. gone yeah, no no you're going i think i think it will do the in seasons past when when you get a long way in a cup competition players get scared to get injured because they don't want to miss out on the chance of playing at wembley um the fact that we 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 are pretty safe as dr said i don't think we're going to get sucked into a relegation battle that might help um because they won't go in as full-blooded i don't i don't know but um
3: yeah there's only eight games left um you know left in the Premier League this season. I think it really depends on where we' exactly are before the semi final um because right now we're right in the middle, we're five points below tenth and we're five points above the relegation zone, so maybe if we're right up there fighting for tenth place or even higher, then you may want to play your players, but I doubt that's going to happen. I think it, it it depends on where we are, but I just see us being stuck in the middle for the remainder of the season. So if that's the case, then yeah, I think resting the players will be the good thing to do moving forward. And looking more specifically at how Hodgson will set the side
0: up against Watford, do you think we'll be seeing tactical tweaks, a change of personnel, perhaps?
3: Yeah, I don't. Part of me says yes. Um, I just I, the thing I fear the most is somehow Wayne Hennessy he wasn't even involved. He wasn't on the bench. Um, I don't know if he's got injury. Um if he just comes into the starting lineup, that's my biggest fear. But yeah, I can see some switches happening. I can see Max Meyer starting this game. I think it will re- it, really tell because we're in a quarter final, so even Roy knows this is a big stage, you know, we can actually go all the way. There's only two two more wins and you're at finals. So it really depends on Roy's mentality, but realistically we need to play our strongest squad if we don't then even before the game starts there'll be a ne- negative atmosphere so that's important Roy needs to make sure he gets his selection right and we'll go into the game so on that
0: with with the strongest squad being absolutely necessary I'd like to come back and touch on what we were discussing at the beginning of the show a certain mr patrick van Arnholt hasn't been in good form as we suggested earlier in the show there aren't a lot of ready-made replacements who are fit does he play in this massive, massive cup game for
3: Palace? He plays due to the fact that Jeffrey Slot. He, I don't, I think he needs to be. He needs to have a couple of games to get used to the left back position because when he slotted there against United, he was just he? first the first thing that happened it was it resulted in a goal. He was just out, he was just out of position.
4: It was like he didn't have time to run to position. Really, yeah, that's what, I, and
3: I wouldn't, I wouldn't risk that against. You know, against Watford because this is such a big game. He'd be so there from the that- beginning, though. Huh? He wouldn't
4: be trotting over. But to we play. don't know yeah. what.
3: What if. What if that does happen and he is at opposition all game long because he hasn't played there? So we can't really blame Jeffrey Schluck because we'll use the excuse that he hasn't played there. So it really depends. Depends on you know if he can if he, if he can start there, but I doubt it. So I'll start Van Aanholt. Well, lads, we're coming to
0: that point in the show where I don't just need your lineup predictions; I need your score predictions for a massive game against Watford. DR, we'll start with you. 2-1 Palace. 2-1 Palace. He's a confident man. Nick?
4: 2-0
0: Palace. 2-0 Palace with a clean sheet, even if Patrick van Arnhoel is included. It's been a wonderful show. We've done Palace. We've done Brexit. We've done Champions League. We've done... Oh, what have we done? We've done Glenn Murray running off with all of our mothers. It's been yeah. a busy one. Join <laughs> us next week on the Crystal Palace Fan Show.
1: Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or a hundred thousand miles, whichever comes first.
2: ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.
3: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.